I went home and I kneeled down in my room and I said, I don't really believe in you, God. I know you exist, but I don't feel you're near. If you are, and if you know me, and if you think that that can be something or that, that I can do something here, then please show me and let me know. And I felt an overwhelming peace. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I am here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast hosts. Today, we are bringing you really a super interesting story, one that we have not had before, from Jessica Weirauder from Montgomery. And Katie, tell us a little bit about her story. You know, I love Jessica's story and the fact that it's one where we actually see her find Jesus for the first time, and then she discovers her purpose. One of those purposes is Dream Court that you're going to hear her speak about. Lindy's going to talk about it a little bit as well, but you're going to hear her talk about how she found that purpose and what God is doing in her life today. I'm so excited for you to hear Jessica's story. Me too, Katie. And just so y'all know, Dream Court is a nonprofit organization that Jessica started that provides adaptive tennis programs for individuals that have physical issues, developmental delays, or intellectual disabilities. It is a beautiful ministry. And so I'm excited for our listeners to hear about that and the fact that our Patreon insiders today get the story within the story with Jessica. Amy Grody is going to talk with her to learn more about Dream Court, how God planted that seed in her life, and even more about everything that he's doing and has done in her life since she recorded. Here's Jessica. I would like to start by saying that I always knew that God existed, but I either felt that he was mad or super far away from me. I didn't have that relationship with him. I grew up in a very, very loving and caring home. I was fortunate to have a mom and a dad that wanted the best for me and did everything they could to give me all all I needed. And I was not always capable of receiving that love. I was very hard on myself since since young since a young child. Usually, sort of stereotypically that that first child in the family and for both grandparents. And I always try to earned my love by trying the best I could for my coaches and for my teachers and for everybody around me. And uh, it was not always easy, but it got really harder in my teenage years. And after, after that, I played professionally for five years tennis, and that was really hard, I thought. And then I moved on to college, and that was really hard. And I always tried to be the most positive I could and I always try to use a lot of self-help books and, and positive notes that I would leave on my mirror or everywhere to just keep me keep me going. I was a little bit going into the self-pity mode sometimes and then sometimes I kind of became depressed and I really tried not to but I, I there were days that I and had a really hard time and would cry a lot and um, to the point where one time in college my eyes were so swollen that I couldn't open them anymore. It was a difficult season moving into Montgomery too. When I graduated from college I moved to Montgomery for grad school and that year my mom had cancer and my grandmother passed away and I just felt still very difficult to to be in a new place and start and 
study something that I really had no background in. And I had a scholarship that would pay for my studies, and that's why I decided to come here. But essentially, I graduated from that, and that's when my life really fell apart because I didn't have good grades to hide behind anymore. I didn't have sports to show that I was good at. I applied for all these jobs everywhere and I couldn't even get an answer from anybody. It became a, it was the lowest point in my life. I was 29 back then. I'd never had a serious relationship by then. My car that I had just bought new tires for $900 broke down to the point where they said, well, we can probably give you like $600 for it. <laughs> and, and I was living in a house where everybody, where, where, where I lived with four other PhD and grad school students, and they all graduated and moved on, and so I needed to move on too, but I didn't really have a place or an idea where to go. Um, Prior to that, I my world has always been pretty small. I, I grew up in, I was born in Europe, in Germany, but then I grew up in Argentina, and we traveled a lot back and forth as children, and through my tennis career, I went to over 35 countries, and it the world seemed really small to me. But all of a sudden, it was huge, and I felt so insignificant, and so lost, and so without, without anywhere to go, without and so much fear for the future. I was having the hardest time just going to my job, which at that moment was teaching at the country club, and I remember wearing sunglasses because I was having such a hard time with it. And yeah, I remember that. I, I tried so hard to, to fit in and to be okay that I didn't want to do anything to harm me, but I would be on the road and I would hope sometimes that a car would just come over because it would be better. Yeah. And then I got a gift certificate. I got a gift certificate from one of the moms to do a facial. And I went and I just couldn't stop crying there either. And the lady was putting the cream to my face and at some point she had to stop and she just came back into the room after I changed and she said, I do not know what's going on in your life, but I know that God is, is working in your life and that he wants to give you this heart on your heart. And I said, okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> 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 and then I went home and that thought stayed in my, in my head. And what, how would God know? Who am I? And, and what is he doing in my life anyhow? And, and does he know my heart and does he know my desires? And I called back that same place where I had gotten the facial, which I think was with free, and asked for that same lady and she was no longer working there. So they told me where she was working and I bought a new facial and I went there again and I said, I do not need a facial, but if you please can tell me why you, you, why you shared that and um, why you believe that. And she shared her story with me and she, and it was really real. She was a real person and she did say that she came from a past addiction and she had lost her children and her husband through it and she was in the car one day and she heard through the radio that she could give her life to Christ and so she did and her life turned around and she said, if he did that for me, he can do it for you. I said, okay. Well, where do I start? And she said, well, 
well, you can um, come to a Bible study that we are having in my house. And and I and she gave me this little Bible here, this one. <laughs> and I went home and I me down in my room and I said, I don't really believe in you, God. I know you exist, but I don't feel you're near. But if you if you are and if you know me and if you think that that I can be something or that, that I can do something here, then please show me and let me know. And I felt this overwhelming peace. And it was so real that I opened the Bible and and I looked in that first part where where it says if you're lonely or if you're afraid and then I stopped in the one that says if you're worried and I was just so worried about the future and I um, read the verse trust in God with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight and I didn't understand anything else the Bible was saying I thought it was basic Chinese (laughs) 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 it was so contradictive I did not buy at that moment the Jesus story either, but I I needed I needed to trust in something else than me because coming from a performance-oriented home and always relying on how much I work and how much I'm trying to do all my best and I'm not getting anywhere, I I needed to trust in somebody else. He proved to be so real, <laughs> and he started putting people in my life, and I was so hungry for everybody that could tell me and teach me and, and share and started to go to this Bible study on Sundays. And it was good for a season, but then I started not identifying with them anymore. They had a very different background than I did. They most of that most of them came from a poor home slash broken home slash addiction and I just wasn't really relating to them anymore and so I shared that with her, and so she invited me to a worship group that met on Wednesday morning. And I went there, and it was a little bit out of my league. <laughs> but, but they all were like, looked like they just came from the hairdresser. And they had jewelry on, and they had like a house like this. So like really fancy. But they all had an assurance, and they all were full of peace, and I could since that and even though I didn't fit in there either um, at that moment I, I I wanted to know more about what they what they knew and so I kept going back and they started praying for me over and over I started going to Trinity Church and to a, um, a Sunday school where it was all older people but they poured into me so much and I started going to every Bible study that I can find I went to church on Friday nights, on every, everywhere where I could go, I would go, to the point where my parents became so worried because they said, well, you are in a sect, or you got brainwashed, and you are like, what's, what, what's yours doing with you? And I'm like, I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm feeling okay, so just let me be here for, for now. Yeah, through that season, God really started changing my heart, and I I wanted the desire of my heart was to make other people happy so I could become happy myself and the job that I hated because became my healing point because I was so able to love on all those kids and then I uh, had a 
past boyfriend that um, had a ski accident became quadriplegic and that opened my eyes towards people with special needs and uh, what can they do, what can they not do. I started researching that and started to play with the idea that that could be a possibility that God was leading me into that direction. So in 2012, which was when this whole hole happened and where I met God, one of my friends at that time too that I was communicating a lot from Germany was playing his last US Open and he said come and see me and um, and I went and he slash invited me let's go to Germany and sort of you know um, start a life in a way and I wanted that so bad I wanted to have a family and I wanted to be married but I just didn't have peace about it and uh, in that same trip I ended up going up to Boston and meeting my other friend that had had that ski accident and I remember praying to God and saying if, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing I'm, I, I want to brush this man's teeth for the rest of my life and, like, and, and care for him and again this weird peace that, that that was not it came over me and it was through a random text or something in Montgomery but I knew and knew that I wasn't supposed to stay there. So I come back to Montgomery and I started Dream Court. It's a tennis program for people with special needs. We started building two courts out east on, on a city facility. And then we started with five athletes and over the year it grew. So we have a season in the spring, in the summer and in the fall. And then we have two tournaments. One is for intellectual special needs and one is for wheelchair. And then we take athletes to tournaments outside of Montgomery. So that has been <coughs> happening for the last 10 years and at the beginning. It was always difficult. It was always out of my comfort zone. But at the beginning, it was only five athletes. And now every Sunday we have 62. We just recently started the program. Well, we had it in Daphne, but now we started in, in, in Auburn and in Huntsville. And I poured my life into that to the point where it was again sort of really hard because all I was doing was teaching tennis and working on this nonprofit. And it was weekends and it was nice and it was on lunch breaks and it was on holidays. and. And I started doubting again that, is this really where I'm supposed to be? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? So fast forward, in 2017, my visa was, was expiring again. And um, I had the chance to try to decide again whether I should stay in Montgomery and continue this or whether I should, you know, move somewhere else. and. In that time, I felt the sense of, of applying for this visa and I, uh, I remember spending $16,000 on these lawyers to pour into this visa and then it just didn't get approved, it didn't get approved, it didn't get approved and I was working, my, I was working myself to death on both ends, at the country club and at the nonprofit. And so in 2019, I fasted for 40 days. I did have breakfast. I didn't have 
breakfast nor lunch but I did have a small dinner and I didn't eat sweets and I, all I did was like eating something small and have water and I was so so ready to hear God because I, I, I knew that I'd heard it before but I wasn't hearing him and I needed to be doing what he wanted me to do and I just didn't know and so after that fast weirdly all of a sudden the visa did get approved and I had already before that told my boss at the country club that I was leaving I'd already started selling things I had already told my dad that we were going to do a pilgrimage walk in Spain and um, but then all of a sudden this visa got approved and I needed to stay and I was somewhat upset with God at that moment again just because I was so tired of everything and and here I was not understanding why I needed to keep doing this even though I loved it it was just so hard and then not a week later I received the news that the USDA had invited um, dream court to go to the US Open and so I sort of said okay <laughs> um, I think that's impossible let's not think about that anymore <laughs> but then God in a way just kept telling me in, I don't know if it was him or not but I just kept feeling okay if if uh, if if somebody opens the door you're nobody to shut them so I started raising the money and it was the hardest thing but we ended up making the trip to New York and then I came back after that trip and I decided to hire a person to help me get the board of the of the nonprofit back in track because throughout this last couple of years that I spent so much time um, with my jobs and with the nonprofit itself I had sort of neglected all that so that happens and then the next year in 2020 I fasted again even though my parents were so upset with my first fast they basically said like you're becoming too crazy and that's dangerous and you don't know what you're doing and um, I didn't tell them and I just in my head I said I am going to do this until I get physically too skinny again or I cannot I, I feel I, or, or I cannot do this anymore but I need to I need to hear from God again and so I did and then COVID happened. <laughs> so then I didn't need to be on the tennis court and I spent hours and hours on, on, on my Bible and I just begged God to tell me what to do and where to go next. At the end of those 40 days, I knew that I knew that I knew that I had to leave the country club, that I had to stop that work and I was terrified because I, first of all, love y'all. <laughs> And it was so much fun to be there and I had a 401k and I had my income and I had insurance but I felt that it that I had to let that go and I wanted to trust in myself and stay but I had to trust in God one more time and say okay here we go and um, I told my boss right after right up the, the Monday after Easter that I um, I was gonna work until the end of May and that I was going to leave in the summer. So I did that and then I thought it's going to be very easy and God is always going to be on my side but it became harder even in a way. In 2021 
I felt personally I felt misunderstood and, and in a way betrayed and just not it was just not going in the direction that I thought with the nonprofit and again I I, I was pleading with God and, and telling either let me go or show me a way and in a way I learned through all that through all that time that the people that are in my life are not know there by accident and they all needed to be there because I either needed to learn something or they needed to learn something. And so I stay and then in 2022, last year, we got the news that mom's cancer was back. And, um, and I said, okay, well, I, I dedicated 10 years of my life to drink court. It, it, I need to be with mom now. So I went home and I thought we were gonna go through this together and you know be all good again or do things the way she always wanted to have been gone for 17 years or even more. Um, but all I did was hold her hand and she passed away four months after that. And then I said, okay. <laughs> come back to Montgomery and just sort of finish the 10 years and, and, and move on. And then now I met somebody. <laughs> well, I don't know where this is going, but it, at least, I, I mean, I knew that I couldn't leave right away again. So here I am again, trusting God that, that he's got me and that I, uh, that I'm even though I sometimes prefer to do something else or I wish things would be different, that everything everything works out for his goodness and that that I I still trust him. I, I know that I know that he's good. You know, as we mentioned at the beginning, there were a lot of layers to her story, and I can't wait to hear Amy Grody talk with her more about that, especially her career as a professional tennis player, which is beyond cool. But, you know, when I first listened to this, how God met her Mm -hmm. is just, I had chills when I listened to it, because one of the things that God's Word says is that all wants from us is us to desire to know Him. We don't have to understand His Word. We don't have to have the the obedience to get to Him. In fact, you know, Christianity is the only religion that says take and not give, just take. So she just had that mustard seed of, you know, we say a mustard seed of faith, but a mustard seed of desire to know who He was, and He met her right there, and then built upon that. And so if you're a listener and and you're unsure about who Jesus Christ is, that's all he asks is for you to just have that desire. And so I challenge you to stop this podcast right now and just get before him and ask him to show up in your life, Mm -hmm. to give you a desire to read his word, to be in a small group like Jessica did, to discover your purpose like Jessica did. I thought that that was just such a huge part of her story that we would be remiss not to offer that right now. You know, it was so interesting to hear Jessica talk about how she struggled to perform. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had multiple stories over time. We've probably all experienced it in Mm -hmm. some capacity, this performance. But I think a lot of times we want to perform for the Lord. Yeah. And she didn't have that. And there was something so innocent about her just striving to be good enough and Mm -hmm. striving to 
excel at tennis and excel in all of these areas until she couldn't take it anymore. And I just love that she, like you said, Katie, she gave it up to the Lord. Mm -hmm. She said, I'll do whatever because this is not working. The way I'm living is not working. And then, the, you know, I love purpose. You know, <laughs> I love women or, or people in general walking in their calling mm-hmm. and their purpose. And to see how she has persevered for years when God gave her the dream of Dream Court mm-hmm. and how it hasn't been easy. You know, we talked last week, funny enough, if you've listened to last week's episode, about Heather persevering for a very Very long long time time. in adoption. And here you're listening to something very similar of Jessica persevering for a very long time when it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Robin, that's also what spoke to me, because in the story, she said, I wanted to make others happy so that I could be happy myself. She kept trying to fill herself up with things, with performance, because she did have that God-sized hole in her heart of, I'm not enough. And it wasn't until, like you said, that she surrendered and she said, I immediately felt an overwhelming sense of peace. You know, happiness is not lasting. It is not eternal. Joy and the joy that comes from identity in Christ and a relationship with Christ is eternal. It is lasting. Yeah. And that's the difference. And that that's what you hear with Jessica. Yeah. And and you know, I also have to give a shout out to the esthetician that gave her, <laughs> you know, that told her that Jesus loved her and gave her the Bible. Because to me, that was also just another point of being bold in yes. your faith. When God calls you to say something to someone, and that led her to Christ. Absolutely. I mean, that one it, encounter led her to Christ. I mean, I if that doesn't light a fire under you. I I don't know what will. But then, you know, like you said, Lindy, just the sweetness of her wanting so desperately once she found Jesus to live in in purpose and serving him. And then again, Robin, like you said, just this whole concept that when God, God calls us to obedience, it's not always easy. And she definitely talks about that in her story. And she talks about that with Amy Grody as well. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to hear this as well. Yeah. To hear her follow up of what God's doing and uh, just I don't know, just all of her life is so interesting yes. to me. That today uh, on Patreon, I'm I'm real ready to listen myself. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for being here today, for listening. We hope you found real encouragement in Jessica's story. And we can't emphasize enough what Katie already said earlier. If if God sparked something in your heart and you didn't pause the, the podcast in that moment, we ask that you do that now. You know, listen and take those small, small steps of obedience and he, he leads your path. So thanks for listening. Have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.